He put on righteousness as a breastplate, a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. This is the armor of God, not just because he supplies it, but because he also wears it. Well, we've been talking about the measure of maturity. We've been talking about the measure of maturity, and we, we discovered last week that uh, within the book of 1 Thessalonians, as well as the, the New Testament, um, God, the Holy Spirit, has given us a trilogy of, of, of three ways in which we as Christians can measure our maturity. Now, we looked at week one in that we saw that a strong defense put on the armor of God is important to be mature Christians. Everybody say amen. It's important that each day that we understand that there are things in this world, that Satan is real in this world, and we have this old flesh in, that, in our worst enemy. We have that enemy of Satan, but we have that worst enemy of ourselves, and, and that we have to dress and put on the whole armor of God because there is an adversary out there that wants nothing more than to make a scandal out of our lives. Amen? So we need a good defense. And so last week we saw in this measuring process of what God's will is for us, um, what, what God is putting into us, and God put into us the Holy Spirit of God. When we got saved, listen, something should have got into us. Now, God has expectations of us, and because of what's gotten into us, there's a certain expectation of works, things that we should do as believers. And so what we need to measure is, is we measure the distance between that gap of what God put into us and what God expects from us. And so we saw last week, and we hopefully that you looked into your life and saw, wow, how does my maturity as a Christian measure up to what God wants me to be? I mean, you know, as time goes on, listen, Cornerstone, as time goes on after we're saved, we should be growing. Listen close. We should be becoming more like him. The Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 30, that says that we, sh that we should decrease so that he may increase. Is that your life? Remember last week we, we talked about that, that juice and, you know, that I, that I tried to buy and, 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 and it said it was a 100% pomegranate juice and the seventh ingredient was the pomegranate and everything else, there was water and there was this and that. So the question to us was, are we really just Jesus flavored or are we 100% Jesus? The longer life goes, we should become more and more like him because we should decrease and he should increase. Amen? Give the Lord a hand, will you please? Now, in that trilogy, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2, here's what we read. And we read the same thing all throughout the New Testament, but it says here, it says, We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father, look at it, your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So first, we looked at the faith, the measurement of faith in our life. And number two, this morning, we want to look at that hope, that steadfast hope. Today, we are asking for the Spirit of God, listen, to examine our lives to examine our church in regard to what verse 3 calls the steadfastness of hope, a hope that endures. This hope that makes you endure, it, is, it raises questions that come from the hardest moments of our lives. What is the evidence 
the proof of the reality of God's presence and work in our church, in your ministry. Listen to this. What is the reality of God's presence in your marriage, in your finances? What is the reality of of God's presence in your struggles? What What is the reality of God's presence in your burdens in life? What is that presence of reality in our worries from day to day? What shows the world the reality of Jesus Christ in you? The answer is that God wills for you and me to endure. Everybody? To endure, to persevere, to remain constant. He he wants us to keep our vows. He wants us to maintain our testimony. He wants us to hold steady. Hey, listen, you know, in our marriages, you know, a lot of them break down. But what is the reality that God wants in that marriage? Um, in, In our struggles, in our financial struggles from day to day. I mean, where is it that today and what is the reality of God's presence when you're going through those struggles? You know, I look out here this morning and and because uh, we're talking about hope and we're talking about endurance and we're talking about perseverance we're talking about those things and 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 when we want to measure we want to measure our maturity we have to look at hope and you know I look out here and I don't mean to just to say anything but let's just make it real this morning just for a minute here you know um, um, you know I look out here and I and I see Sam and Luana and and they lost their son years years ago and and, and uh, um, what's allowed them to endure that hardship of losing their son? And the reality of the presence of God in their life. You know, I, I look out and I've, I've seen people that's, that, that their marriages have unfortunately have haven't, haven't made it. But what's kept that person established in the Lord Jesus Christ? And I, I look and I see a lot of people that's gone through that I know that's gone through personal struggles and trials and testimonies. And, and, and here's the, here it is, is, and I still see you here today worshiping and praising the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what is that reality of, the, of God in your life that's kept you and keeps you where you're at today? Because the truth is, is that we can look at our church roles and we can see the numbers and numbers of people who aren't here because something had infiltrated their lives and the reality of the presence of Jesus Christ somehow wasn't there, and they're not anywhere anymore serving the Lord Jesus Christ. So what is the reality of that presence? What is it that, that, that keeps us to endure? Listen to me, Cornerstone. There is something that keeps us to endure those hardships, those trials, those things when it, when it infiltrates our lives. And that thing is called hope. We're not talking about crossing the fingers because, listen, um, our, our own personal hopes, they'll evaporate and they'll go away. But truthfully, what is it? And it's hope. Now, let me talk to you about a couple things about hope. Hope is the reservoir from which we draw the strength to keep going. Amen, everybody? That's that hope. It's that biblical hope. Hope is what cleans your head and keeps Hope is what clears your head and keeps your eyes focused on the right things when trials weigh upon your soul. It is biblical hope that makes the difference. Now, biblical hope that makes the difference, and it can be measured. Now, 
we're to endure, and this hope will cause us to endure. But don't read the word endurance or steadfastness and picture someone gritting their teeth in the face of trouble and just getting out. No, when we're talking about looking towards this hope and when we're talking about enduring when life throws things at us, that thing that is to be measured, look, know this about moving forward with deliberate purpose and unswerving loyalty when times are tough. This is a steady determination to keep going when everything in you and around you wants to slow down or stop altogether. The proof that you are truly a Christian is that you persevere, listen, no matter what happens. Everybody say amen. Why? Because you have hope. You have hope in something. You have hope that's beyond yourself and beyond things of your control, but it's hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and your relationship with him. Amen, everybody, huh? That's what true hope is. Now, um, how, how do we measure up to that? And, and we're going to talk about a few things this morning, but how, if I were to measure your hope, where would you be at? What, when life throws a curveball, when a trial comes your way, what happens to you? Do you waver and do you sink and do you plunge into despair? Do you just think, oh my goodness, I can't go on anymore and you just want to give up in life? That maturity, measuring of, of hope, is not very mature, is it? Because hope, hope is something that is not that we can really do on our own, but it's what God has already done for us and through us, and we believe that. Listen to this. So, therefore, hope isn't something that we can control. Hope is faith in the future tense. Amen? Faith is hope. In the future tense. Now, it is a biblical hope that makes a difference. Now, I found that we're all pretty brave and we're all pretty battle-ready battle in the safety of this sanctuary. But when we get out of here, we sometimes part, don't we? You know, I, we're like Peter sometimes, and before, before he accompanies, he goes with Jesus to Gethsemane, and and we're just like him, and we say, Lord, if everybody else abandons you, you can count on me, and I'm ready to die for you. But as soon as it hits us, we kind of just lose our hope, and we lose that future tense faith, don't we, sometimes? So what can turn the tide in our lives? And the resounding answer from Scripture is hope, hope in Jesus Christ. I was reading an article and I actually had it in my, in my uh, desk, and it was written in 2011, I think it was. But there was a guy, and his name was Richard Stearns, and he was, he's the president of the World Vision. Remember in 2010 when there was that earthquake in Haiti? Well, he went to Haiti, and the church building at that time consisted of a tent made with white tarps and duct tape. And pitched in the middle of this sprawling camp um, were thousands of people still homeless from this earthquake. And inside that tent, um, there was a church meeting going on. And within the front row, there was kind of a handicapped section. And there was about um, 25 people that were amputees that it, during the earthquake, they had lost some legs or lost some arms during the earthquake. But in the article, it says that uh, he happened to notice this one young lady 
and um, she had a missing leg and a missing arm. She had lost him in the earthquake, and she had two kids. And everyone was singing in that tent, but she was singing the loudest. And after the services, the stories, this article says that he went and found this lady, and he went up to her, and she had told the man, she said, yes, I lost my arm, and I lost my leg in the earthquake. She's a, a single mom. She lost her job. She lost her arm. She lost her leg. And she lived in a tent that was five foot tall and eight foot wide with her two kids. But she told the man, she said, you know, I'm like Lazarus. God raised me up, and, I'm, and God has given me life. And she wasn't only the one that was singing. She was actually leading the choir that day. You see, she hope. Some hard things and some trials come her way. But her measure of maturity, oh, let me tell you, it's very mature because she's looking what God has already accomplished for her in her life. And she's looking at what life is, but she's looking at what life is going to be because what Jesus Christ has already done for her. Everybody say amen. So when we're living life, our hope is one way in which our maturity, which, in which our maturity is measured. So when trials come your way, when tribulations come your way, when hardships come your way, when difficult times come your way, when husband and wife things come, when our children and, and, and parents things come at us, and financial times come, listen, it's our hope that should keep us anchored deep into where God's will is for us to be, and that is a measurement of our maturity. How's our maturity? How's our hope? Now, there are two bedrock realities upon which Christians can build their hope. And here they are real quick. Number one, number one, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, practically shouts this truth. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again as a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Hey, listen, it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ in which we build our hope. Hey, listen, you know that old song, that old uh, hymn that we always sing, you know, it's, it's he, he lives uh, because he lives. And it goes like this, God sent his son, I'm not going to sing because I'll drive you all out of here. But it says, in the lyrics, it says, God sent his son, they call him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. And in the chorus, it says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he live, lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living just because he lives. Hey, Cornerstone. We're going to get ourselves in a lot of trouble sometimes. We're going to do things to cause trials to come to us. And I want you to know that, 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 that the blood of Jesus Christ stabilizes you where you're at. Everybody say amen. But I want you to understand that just because, and we do, we live, hard things are going to happen because we live in a depraved world, in a world that's totally depraved. Bad things are going to happen to good people. Trials and tribulation and hardships are going to come away. And it's our hope 
It's that, it's that, it's that, it's that future faith that is going to keep us stable during those times. And the bedrock in which we believe that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he didn't die, but he rose again. And he just didn't rise, raise again, but he went and he is sitting next to the Father in heaven. That means that it is finished, it is done. But one day he's going to come back, and he's going to come back, and there's going to be a rapture, and we're all going to be called up with him into the air, and we'll live for eternity with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it's that resurrection, it's that life, it's that, it's that assurance that no matter what happens here, listen, it's going to be okay because God says so. We know because the Word of God says so that the resurrection proves that we as believers, listen, we have a hope, and that hope is not in us, but it's in him, the one who was raised from the grave, and he is with the Father in heaven today. That is our assurance, and that is our hope. Amen? So when things come at you, don't let it drive you. Have hope, that future tense faith, and have it in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Number two, not only is there in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but we have the reliability of the God's word. Everybody say amen. We have the reliability of God's word. It tells us here in um, Romans chapter 15, verse 4, and it says, it declares this. It says, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scripture, we might have hope. Hey, listen, it's about enduring, and we can endure because we have hope in Jesus Christ. Hope looks with joyful certainty that the Bible, what the Bible says about God and his purpose, about my trials and what they mean, and about what he has promised beyond my hurts and beyond all of my losses. Amen? Since it is the Savior in his word that strengthens, strengthens faith, Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, and we're just going to read this together. And, it's, and if you're opening your Bibles, please do so to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through 19, or I'll put on this for you. And listen to what this says. The Holy Spirit gives us a call, and it's most unnatural, um, a crazy reaction that we're to have to troubles and to pain. Now, we're to endure. We're to endure life, no matter if it's good, no matter if it's hard, and no matter if it's bad. And what's going to keep us through and endure those times is faith in Jesus Christ. It's that future hope, the hope in the resurrection, but it's also the hope that we have in the reliability of God's word. Look at it, what it says. He says, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trials when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, look at what it says, you are blessed. <laughs> Isn't that good? You are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. 
And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust souls to a faithful creator while doing good. You see it? We're to endure trials. You know, trials come one of three ways, and, and I, I want us to understand that. Trials come either because I've asked for it personally, number one, which happens a lot, right? Number two, trials come to us because what someone else is doing in our lives. Can I have an amen on that? You know, people can do things that cause us to go through trials. And then number three, sometimes God allows trials to happen in our life to refine us, to test us, to mature us. Now, when those trials come, we have to trust in God. We must endure those things no matter what the source is. The gospel tells us because we are Christians, we're to endure. Now, if we've done something wrong, we may be chastised. We may have to go through that discipline stage of it. But even that we must endure because why? Because we have the reliability of the word of God that tells us that, look, we're going to have to go through these things sometimes. Look at a subpoint here. Number one, when we're going through these trials and when we endure and we're looking to our hope, understand that these verses are saying, number one, that suffering should not be a surprise because it's a plan. Verse 12 and verse 17. It isn't strange. It shouldn't be absurd. It isn't meaningless but it is purposeful. It is to allow us to grow and mature so we can endure and look to that hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the reliability of God's word. Number two, it shows us that hope-filled joy will strengthen your assurance of heaven. And that's what it says, verse 13. Now, there is suffering and then there is glory, it says. It was that way for Jesus. And listen, it's going to be that way for his followers. Everybody say amen. We're all going to suffer, but after suffering comes glory. And it's hope. It's having hope that we endure this life in those trials to get where God wants us to be. Amen. It's just going to happen. What's the measurement of your maturity when it comes to hope? When it comes to enduring trials and hardships and times, how's your maturity this morning? Look, look at this third, third sub-point here. In your trying times, the spirit of glory of God rests upon you. Verse 14 says, if you are reviled, means test or judged, for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Man, that's encouraging. And then fourthly, it says, hang on, number four is hang on to hope. When, it, when it's hard to glorify God. It says in verse 16, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not feel ashamed, but in that name, let him glorify God. And finally, if you can count on your creator to care for your soul, you're going to endure and you're gonna be exactly where God would have you to be. I believe in Romans 28, when it says that he takes even my losses and he works them for my good. That's what God does. That's how we endure life when it comes our way. So listen, Cornerstone. Make sure your defenses are good. We've got to have a good defense. And that is we put on the whole armor of God. 
we're dressed and we're battle ready because our adversary, Satan, he's in the war room. He's got your picture. He's got a big list he knows about you, and he's just trying to, he's trying to scandalize your life right now. You got to have a good defense. And to measure our maturity, first we have to have a good defense, but number two is our faith is a measurement. What God has put into us and what works we are doing, there's that gap. You need to measure. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to measure to see where you're at in your faith in Jesus Christ. And number two, how are you enduring? You know, I, I see you here this morning, and I'm excited that you're here this morning. But let me ask you, how are you enduring life? How are you enduring what Satan and those, and those scandalons that, that Satan has put? How are you enduring the trials of life, the difficulties of life? How are, you, how, are you, how are you enduring? Are you not enduring? You know, there may be some here this morning, and I'm sure there is, is that you're just ready to wave the white flag because life is so difficult and it's so hard. Maybe you need to measure your hope. And maybe your hope is in you and what you can do, but not in Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. Amen? If we're going to endure, we've got to have the right hope. And that hope is in Jesus Christ. And that bedrock is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's in the reality and the infallibility and the perfection of God's word. That is our anchor. How's your hope? How's that measure of hope this morning? Let's bow our heads just for a moment and, and let's ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that in our own hearts and lives this morning. And if you'll just stand with me, please, with our heads bowed and in an attitude of prayer. We're measuring our maturity. How mature are we as believers? You see, an immature believer will not endure the trials that come our way. And these trials are tests. They're to revile us. They're to allow us to, be, to point out weaknesses and so that we can mature as believers. How are you enduring trials and difficult times when they come your way? Is your hope fixed on Jesus Christ and nothing else? In his blood and his righteousness? Is your hope a, a future tense faith? Or is it just what you can see? Let me ask you this morning. What are you going through that is testing that endurance? Perhaps this morning, this is a time where you need to come and you need to just make those vows sure to our Lord Jesus Christ and your vow to him in that future faith in the resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ in his infallible, inerrant word of God this morning. What does your hope rest on? I hope it rests on Jesus Christ and nothing less than that. Father, we come to you this morning praising you for our Savior and thanking you for the word of God. 
thanking you for the resurrection, for the blood of Jesus Christ that we have, and knowing that that is, that, that, that is our anchor, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Lord, this morning I pray for all of us that, uh, that are going through difficult times. Lord, I pray for endurance, and I pray that that endurance is connected to that hope, that hope that is future tense, and it's based in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and in the reliability of God's word. Lord, I pray for any this morning that is just struggling um, with enduring temptations, enduring trials, enduring finances, enduring marriage issues and problems. Lord, whatever those things may be, pray for your spirit to be upon them. Lord, I pray, Lord, that they'll trust you and trust in that resurrection and that their hope is in you and that they'll endure, endure and persevere until the very end and not give up and not give up any forward progress either to Satan himself. Lord, we love you and we give you praise in Jesus' name.